And it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. GM, GM. On this beautiful day. Good morning to everyone. With Barocco Sepemando. Tune in live at 10:30. And it's all on road radio. It's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. GM, GM. Yo, 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 good morning, good morning. What up, what up, GMGM? Monday, June 12th, 2023. Look at that. Another beautiful day to have a beautiful day. Oh, yeah, it feels good to be back. We're back. These last two weeks were fun. They went by quick, but they also felt like a whole ass month. Not gonna lie. I go my co-host in the house, OSF Mando. Looks like we're all back. Looks like we're all at our desks, ready to go. How y'all feeling? Jim? Not everybody. I mean, you can see how Ovi feels. Let's look at him, man. Like, look at him. He looks He's... like a sick weekend. I'm not going to lie. I want to ask him about his weekend. You look like you a black. He looks like a Bollywood star. He looks like a washed up Bollywood star. <laughs> no, no more Omar Sharif vibes. <laughs> One more button undone, I think. One more button. <laughs> One more Take button. it off. Take One it off. <laughs> the, stream, it the stream's off. going X-rated. <laughs> Take it off. <laughs> Sorry for everyone who I made feel really uncomfortable there. No, no. I, listen. Oh, I like oh, it. They're paying for blood out there. Listen. I, li- I, oh, oh, I like it. I like it. I like the open, you know, I like, listen, it's, pro- listen, you guys, you, it's one thing. I lived in France. It was the same thing back when I was a kid, but I remember going back there again for two weeks in Europe. You guys don't know what AC is. You have no clue what it is. You don't know what it means. You've never heard of it. It's a, it's not even a luxury there. It's an ultra luxury. It's a super luxury. It's a, you know, you, it's, you know, people will have like, you know, five Ferraris before they buy an AC uh, unit in an apartment. And God forbid, you know, God forbid you've got AC in the UK uh, or anywhere in Europe for what it's worth. Uh, you know, in honor of not having AC for two weeks, I just made my apartment so cold. I'm wearing Christmas socks and a sweater. You know, I just I just had mm. to feel something, you know, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm serious. I made the apartment so cold. I had to go back down before the show and be like, yo, I got to bump it up again. It was so cold. For I was fucking shaking. <laughs> I love how you spent two weeks in Europe and the only thing you've you've come back and you're just complaining about the AC straight away. No, no, no. Listen, listen. Now, because you were talking about AOV being warm, I'm assuming it's because he's dying of heat. <laughs> of course. Nah, nah. Just got this new look for him. This new look. I like that. I like that. It's not the. I thought he had the hangover shirt on, but that's the red one. That's not this one. Um, <laughs> you absolutely love to see it. Oh, my God. It feels so good to be back, though. Wow. Uh, you know. Feels good to be at the desk, host a decent show. I'm sure our audience will be really does, happy. I mean, it is tough. These events, it was back, it's been back to back basically for six months, right? At least one per week, one per yeah. month. Um, I think now, now right? we've got a little bit of a break. So yeah, we can stop complaining about being busy. But um, yeah, it's nice, nice to have the setup going. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think we're gonna be productive at least for the next next few months. Dude, I can't wait to just not go anywhere for like two and a half months right now. Like oh my god, it's uh it's just it's just incredible. Um, and <laughs> this is how's funny. your Europe art coming though? It seemed like you you came away from that trip. 
<laughs> kind of thinking about moving. Good. Not thinking about moving, dreaming about it. Dreaming about moving. Like, and, and again, what happens yesterday night, that thread about the A16Z opening in the UK just dropped and you know, Rishi Sunak and his, like, the other party thinking about doing some stuff in the UK being open to Web3 and whatnot. Like, there is... It, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like I don't even need to give people reasons anymore to move. It's just like gone so obvious, like that Europe is it. I mean, Southeast Asia is also popping, but it's just becoming so much more obvious. And and my takeaway, you know, quickly, we'll get into the whole DJ's market report. Y'all we will talk NFTs. Well, no, I see clown vamp down there. We have the stubs artist of the week this week. We have a whole a big show ahead, but just quickly, like, you know, again, like, you know, Europe shows up, you know, the b- biggest, the best two conferences this year so far, NFT Paris and NFC Lisbon, um, you know, and, and, and it's just like the amount of people building stuff, the amount of people being eager for it. I got to say, though, NFC was pretty much like being in France. Everybody's French over there. I mean, it it's is just a French conference. In I mean, it is pretty much a French conference, given that John Carp and his team pretty much all French. Uh, everybody spoke French. Like you'd go to the parties, the events, the side events, the event himself, like outside of uh, of uh, of the pavilion where they did the event. It's all French. <laughs> it's just it's like the most spoken. The language I heard the most over there was not even Portuguese. It was French. So I felt like home. You know, I found great. Uh, but look, like again, like Europe, dude, like it's just it's just a place to be. Um I, I, it's where I want to be. Honestly, when I look at the market, the conversation I'm having, the brands, um, you know, it's the harder USA is making it, the easier they're making it for the UK and France. It's like France is literally like everybody out there, it seems, knows like when you have like, let's just say like conversations about NFTs and metaverse and one over there are almost becoming normal because it's a new technology to them. Uh, it's almost not a debate. Whereas like here, it's almost feels still like it's still a debate in some places or uh, a lot of places. But over there, it feels like maybe it's because of the environments we're in or whatnot. I don't know. But like there's something about it over there feels much more natural. Um, and you know, um, I don't know. I just think like, this is it, you know, um, Ovi Mando's trying to Lisbon pill me. He did, he did like, so I hung out with Mando, uh, on that Saturday. I stayed an extra day. He gave me the whole tour. We did like 20,000 steps together around Lisbon. I did all Lisbon. I can say I visited Lisbon properly. I can die in peace. You did it well. I did, did it well. well. And, uh, um, here's, here's the million dollar question. Which did you prefer Lisbon or London? Listen, you can take. You know, the lad out of Mayfair. You can't take Mayfair out of the lad, you know. But <laughs> um, honestly, the answer is Paris. Um, be, honestly, uh, that's maybe because it's my hometown and I feel some type of way about it. I do feel like Paris is the spot where I kind of would want to live in. Um, but they're all so different. I don't, I don't think I could live in Lisbon, though I really loved it. So, um, yeah. you know, complete 180 on my thoughts, I have to say, on the show. Camilla is going to love this. And I know Mando's already having like, uh, like celebrating inside, but he kind of saw this coming because I told him the food in Portugal. Fuck. I have not eaten a single thing I didn't like. It was all so good. I have turned into a crustacean myself. I mean, I had so much seafood. I turned into a lobster on the last day. Uh, the seafood was great. The vibes were immaculate. Though it rained every day. So whatever though, your, your excuse because the last day was gorgeous and I got to walk all around Lisbon. Um, the vibes were great. The food was amazing. The people were super warm 
and welcoming and respectful and kind. You know how like you go to some cities, like even in France sometimes, like, you know, you speak a little English. They don't really like that, right? They're like a little cold to you. But in Portugal, they don't give a shit if you don't speak the language. They're super, super kind, um, which was super cool. Food was amazing. Um, don't know if I, it's where I would personally live in and, and be based. But listen, I don't know. I mean, my, we'll my, we'll my influencer is there, so it doesn't take much. You know, if I get to work out with Mando every day and be healthy, you know, uh, could be worth it. I mean, Ovi, what do you think? Would you go live in Portugal? Maybe if you would have come there, you would have seen it. I've, I mean, I've been to Lisbon before. I, I personally couldn't live there. It's just not really my, my, I'm more of like a big, like a modern big city kind of person. It's like I'd live in, obviously, I London. I'd live in NYC again. I probably mm. I've never been to Hong Kong, but I feel like I'd probably live there. I would live. I would live in Tokyo. Um, mm. you would, oh, you would live in Southeast. You would actually like relocate in Southeast. Living in Tokyo is tough, man. Tough if you don't know the language. That's probably really. Hey. I don't know. Hey. I can always learn. I see it no, listen. I, I see. I mean, we're probably gonna, the next trip is probably going to be on that side of the world, which is September. But uh, but it's yeah. I don't know. I feel like I feel like I got to see it. But Europe for me, it, like I, I could just see it happening. Maybe it's because I'm in Montreal and like so much like Euro culture out here, and a lot of people from Europe in here as well, and being mm. like from there. I guess I feel some type of way about it, but it's just like the UK. I just love the UK, right? I just I'm in love with the UK. I did like three three cities that I really loved, so it uh, it felt uh, it felt really cool um, to uh, to do all three of those, and I came out really bullish on all of Europe, honestly. And again, like look at the outcome. I mean, I see. I mean, Mando just quickly like the outcome was insane. How many people showed up? You know, everybody was out there. The booth was full. Like the conference itself was packed. That's all you need to know, right? Yeah, the conference is always packed. The smaller, everything's in one place. So, like, unlike NYC when, and a few other places where no one really goes to the conference, you normally go to the conference, and then there's only normally a couple of events every night, so everyone heads to the same place. Or, like, there'll always be one event at a certain time. So, like, for example, we had our event, but then afterwards everyone just went back to the conference place because there was, there was an event there, and that just helps. Whereas NYC, you're like, Right, I've got to go across here to the funerals event, and I've got to go across here to the board ape event. Is it was always like a, a bit of a disaster because so many things are happening. Um, not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but sometimes it can just be a bit much, just like always being in traffic. It was the same in like Miami, like it's just there's always stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. super cool. Yeah, I'm just playing the video real quick. If you're by the way, uh, the boys are so back on YouTube, so definitely check us out on YouTube. But in the same time, I'm just like kind of sharing the official after movie of, of NFC Lisbon. Um, but it's just like, it was just really cool. I mean, there was the, the conference was packed every day, uh, outside it was cool. They had like a ton of food trucks so people don't have to go very far to like feed themselves and therefore leave. And it was just like, also the way they did the, the different stages, like this debate stage inside of a ring, like literally a ring, which is super cool. But inside this like very old, like room, like it was super, like a lot of like natural light and I don't know, it was just all super beautiful. And then the rock radio booth was a blast. Like that shit was sick. Like I only saw it when I got there and I was like, what? Like, this is so cool. Like we got all a bunch of creators that got to close our shows from there. And it was super, they were super happy. We got a lot of positive feedbacks where Mando and I hosted from obviously some things I would do different next, but it's good for us to learn like having all the gear and more power outlets and maybe not forgetting my, my computer charger in Canada would help. Um, and then <laughs> I did it again. That's two conferences in a row, but see, this is where it was. I'm trying to like show people like this is where it was. And it was like in the, I guess it's not the heart of Lisbon, Mando, but it was like 10 minutes out. It gives really yeah, 10 minutes out, yeah. 
like behind there that's I guess that's Lisbon it's like inside this beautiful park and like you just look down and you have like the water and I don't know. It just it was just really cool. And this pavilion like looks small in here, but God, there was so many rooms and different floors, and there was like photo exhibits and and just everything. The main stage. Did they put photos and stuff at the immersive stage? It was so sick. It was this. So you see this. Let me get the music out. But there was this stage, like an immersive room, and it was just like that's where I got to. I was emceeing on the first day. And it was just like massive, massive screens on every side. And I had never seen uh, crypto art, like digital art, that big before, ever. I don't think I'd seen it this big before. I, and I've seen a big screens, but that was really cool. So, like for example, when I was hosting, I did the Alien Queens, right, a moderation. It was just cool because obviously I'm a fan of her art. So I was just seeing her art like and massive. Oh, yeah, that's actually my, myself and Matt here, but see, that was cool. Like, just it was that big, and it was cool. Like, people were just standing up, sitting on the floor, just like chilling there. And I don't know, just a lot of positive, um, again, from a conference in uh, in Europe. So, a big shout out to as a team. There you go. Uh, it's John was John. So, there's a lot of there's John Carp and a lot of the team, uh, that were there, um, Arthur and Jen, just that whole NFC team. Um, you know, they really uh, worked hard. I must have just left. I was on for this, and I guess I just had dipped. It was crazy, though. The last, like, the closing uh, thing was insane. Like, it was packed, and, like, they were throwing hats in there and a bunch of free stuff. I don't know. It was just fun, and uh, the whole thing was a vibe uh, the whole time. Um, but, yeah, I also got to meet just a, a lot of dope holders in Europe. Again, see, just, everyone's just so happy about it, and it was just really cool. Um, and the art, the art side of it was uh, was great. Oh, look, this is me. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> it then was... we took you to see the Champions League final. Uh, yeah. for, for acting like a proper football hooligan at a bar in uh, in Lisbon. <laughs> it was you, so... got, you got called Jesus probably about fifteen times that evening. Yo, these British guys were like Jesus. Hello, Jesus. You have returned. <laughs> it was so funny. It was like every Brit was like against Man City. It was hilarious. And Man City won. They were so unhappy. Like they all left the bar like within two seconds. Yeah, nobody was supporting Man City at the, uh, in the bar. Yeah. So, like famously, there are not that many Man City fans. Like if you think that Chelsea like have Glory Hunter fans, Man City never really had that big as a fan base before. They deserved before. it though. You know, they had a great season and everything. And it was They're fun. Great team. Great team. Great team. Best thing about Man City winning the treble compared to when Liverpool won the league. I know loads of Liverpool fans and they were always rubbing it in my face, but I actually don't know any Man City fan. I don't know one Man City fan. I don't know one. No rubbing it in my face because I don't know anyone. Didn't didn't Brian support them for a bit? I don't even know. Like I'm not even trying to hate. I'm not even trying to hate. I've never met a City fan, and I was actually like really. I was telling Mado, I hope they win. They deserve it. Like Holland and like a lot of great players, Bernardo Silva and like oh yeah, these guys worked. Like they deserved it. Uh, and that's, I mean, you guys, I know you guys, big Foden guys, like, you know, these guys, they, 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 they deserve the win. Hey, did you guys see the videos of, Gre- what is it, Grealish? Grealish, Grealish, yeah. Grealish at six in the morning in Istanbul, just going in his full kit. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, look, like, and Pep, I'm a big Pep fan. So, you know, I, I think, I think it was really cool uh, to, to see that. But yeah, Lisbon overall loved it. Paris, such a, I get also, I got to see Novak Djokovic in the quarters, and then he later went to become the greatest of all time yesterday yeah. by beating, I forgot who it was he played in the finals, but by winning his 23rd Grand Slam. Uh, you, you know think what I love? He's the best player of all time? I do think 
I mean, I've been a fan of his since a child. Though Federer was my like idol growing up. But, like mm. Djokovic, seeing him really like you know we were all kids when Djokovic really came in and started like winning and stuff. But I, I mean, twenty three Grand Slams makes him the biggest winner in history of Grand yeah. Slams. Like, it, it that does by default. If that does make you doesn't, and he's got the attitude, and he's got the likability, and he's got the humility, and he's got the whole brand. Like, what makes you the greatest of all time? Right? It's like a mix of. Famously, no one likes Djokovic, though. <laughs> really? Well, he's definitely not as liked as like Nadal or Federer, for sure. I don't know. I think it goes Federer, Djokovic, Nadal. So I would. What? No way. I do. I, he rubs people up, up the wrong way for a long time, right? No, they loved him over there, bro. I was, in the, I was out there, bro. People loved him. It was so funny. So when he gets angry, people boo him, right? But then he has this thing with the, with the audience where, like, he gets hyped up from that. So at some point, he got pissed and everybody was booing him, like 15,000 people. But then he looked up and he started laughing. And he kicked the guy's ass and he was like, let's go. It was just like a whole I think everyone respects him. I'm not saying that. I just know over the years, like, because he, he had that thing where he got injured, he used to, like, quit the games. And then the whole thing happened in Australia. Do you remember that? Where he tried to get in and people said that he, like, lied on his vaccine certificate. And, um, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I... I I don't know. I, I listen. I, I like I like the Joker. I know. I know he. Won't. I think he probably is the best player. Now. Yo, Goodman just tweeted at me. Fuck Man City. <laughs> I love. I'm not a City fan. I don't. I was born and raised in Paris. I was a PSG fan before the team got bought out, and I'm so disappointed with how much they suck. No matter how how much they spend, like they actually, it's like actually like they're embar- They're an embarrassment to football right now. And I'll say this about my own team. Like it's embarrassing. Like even Leo Messi said his two most miserable years with Paris. Like. This is embarrassing to hear from the greatest player of all time. But I don't know. Anyways, so <laughs> um, <laughs> I do think, though, it's pretty cool how Miami and Messi, Messi and Miami, I think that's very cool. And I and how, like, the team went from 1 million to, like, almost 8 million followers in a day. And in America now, we're, we're getting the Copa America. We're getting the World Cup. And we have Messi. Like, it's such a great time to be a football fan on this side of the world. Like, it's really cool uh, for mm. the sport over here and for the growth of it. And and it's just like there's a lot of great players out there. Like think about, you know, think about how many you know people come to live in in America and stuff. And I, I, it's kind of bullish for future of USA and Canada's teams, honestly. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens there. And all the anyways, you guys didn't come here to listen to us banter about about uh, about about Theo. I mean, Frankfurt ain't trashed. I mean, I get it. That is not that good of a team, but it's okay. We'll we'll give it to you here. Um, <laughs> he's a fan of Frankfurt. Um, it's all right. It's okay. At least it's it's all right. You know, As, uh, Theo, your 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 presentation on Pepe was great. Uh, he went right before us, so we got to watch the whole thing. It was great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh right, yeah. He that was a that was a good presentation. Yeah, uh, it's it was a good one. I posted a sweet selfie of me with Nakamoto. It was like seeing Nakamoto and like it was a bunch of Pepe cards, like on the big screens as well. Seeing Nakamoto like massive screen, it was super sick. Absolutely love to see it. But anyways, uh, anyways, anyways, uh, another another highlight of London of of the trip was London. I mean, Ovi, that was really cool, right? Shout out to Asprey, shout out to Ali uh, and Bugatti and the whole team that invited us all to, to the event. I thought that was, I thought that was proper. Like one of my favorite events so far. Yeah, one of my favorite. Right. Events. Yeah. It's funny, right? You figure like it's like NFT, like Web3 focus, and we're all like, it's like the opposite of the usual stuff, like black tie attire and everything. And so it was super sick to like be able to see like your autoglyph and that Danny's Punk and other art, like all over this. It's every single room was filled with screens, right? 
it was properly done. And then the uh, I should post the picture I took. I actually found I have a good picture of the of the egg, the prototype egg that they that they uh, that they did um, with uh, with Bugatti as an ordinal. But you probably can't see it well enough like that. But it was pretty cool uh, to see that. And uh, they're actually really passionate about it. They brought the chairman out there. That was, you know, he was out there saying that physical digital goods are going to be more valuable than physicals down the line. I was like, okay, bold statement. You love to see that. I think I have it on video. I have to find the video. I was sorry to speak. But anyways, very successful trip. We'll debrief, but mm, on Rugby Town Hall tomorrow for the Rugby side of things. But um, it was super fun and uh, a lot of great things came out of it. A lot of great threads also, right? Uh, so, uh, <laughs> dude, threaders be- beware, bro. Wale, everybody, I'm about to put you on to retirement. I'm about to sit down here, you know, crack my fingers and write my next one soon. Uh, you know, uh, you know, bring break break some numbers here. You absolutely love to see that. But anyways, um, <laughs> my Farouk Lisa got signed. Oh yeah, you were there. So these guys had the Farouk Lisa, and someone else had a Mando Lisa, and had us like sign them on the T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. It was super fun. And then Ovi G-Man came all the way with this Ovi Lisa, and then obviously you could make it, but uh, he was wearing it at the conference. It was hilarious. <laughs> I love this. That's too funny, bro. But anyways, <laughs> anyways, anyways. How about? Uh, oh yeah, and someone said props for the um, for the rooftop side event. Our event was a banger, Ovi. It was so fun. It looked good. Uh-huh. Photos looked amazing. Yeah, weather yeah. didn't look great, but apart from that, it all looked really. No, we got lucky. We got lucky. Uh, oh, for got the lucky. Event. It cleared for the event. Cleared like, for the event. All day, dude. We were so stressed because there's no cover and there was no plan oh, B. Shit. Right? So if it, if it was raining, you guys would have been fucked. Yes. Yeah. And we thought we were fucked. And then the yeah. weather just changed and it got sunny. And so for the event, it was like a whole like really beautiful Lisbon rooftop, little DJ. We had this guy, like he was doing a caricatures. I don't know if you saw, but at the bottom right, it was like our brands and everything. It's like us three like hosting our show. And then you could get them as NFTs. So everybody's going to get them like minted. So there's this guy doing digital like caricatures, everyone, and then minting them for people um it was just it was just super fun great food being passed around you know some local some local wines from portugal and whatnot so that was a vibe uh and i'm really happy that our that our holders uh managed to have a good event it was like one of those like early ones that we could network because i don't like doing like parties yeah, and stuff yeah. so it's like, it was like a quick like what 7 30 to like 10 p.m type vibe and then the main party was like at, at the summit itself but yeah very very successful two weeks um very big and excited to decide to be locked in and home um thought we'd get a lot of downtime definitely did not but <laughs> hopefully we'll get some downtime, yeah, at some downtime of these things you know all these things like they look all glamorous and fun like yeah it's fun to go to Roland Garros I gotta say shout out to Lacoste for bringing me out there that was they made a childhood dream for me come true like as a as no thread for them though I, I noticed <laughs> I was actually. I, feels I, like I, they need a thread. It feels feels like you need to become a thread or. I, I could, but the thing is, it takes me a lot of time because I'm not naturally a thread or. Like, so it's like I'm that good at like writing. A blo- I'm good at writing a block of text, but like writing a thread, like cleaning up the tweets, the characters, and photos and stuff is hard. I'm good at like my Lisbon recap. Like I put a photo I took, and I just wrote a block of text because what I feel inside of me and just tried it but just like cleaning up like shout out to Wale and everyone I got a newfound respect for all threadors shit <laughs> so, but it's worth the engagement like 
like if you know, picture this, like you write one a week, you know, you could get better at it. You probably clean up real quick. You know, I got to use all, I learned how to use all these AI tools. Uh, maybe you'll get good at that stuff uh, and how to write the perfect set. But look, like again, like, you know, uh, I thought it was really fun to be out there with LV on, on, uh, on, uh, on um, the day after Roland Garros and stuff. I had a great time. I had a blast. thought it was fucking sick. I still stand by my ground when I say that I think it's really cool what they're doing. Uh, and I sent you the FAQ yesterday, man. Though I thought it was cool that in their FAQ they're teaching people about Ethereum and Bitcoin and how to make mm. wallets. Um, you don't see a lot of big brands doing so. I think people like are, are misunderstanding. Uh, you know what I'm trying to explain here is I think it's cool that in a regulatory climate like this one, whether you're buying it or not, doesn't matter. <laughs> it's okay. They're gonna sell it regardless, even if it's to their own customers. But I think it's cool when you go on here and it literally teaches you. What is Web three? It's their official FAQ, and it really teaches you like what, like what Web three is, Web one, Web two, and Web three. What is cryptocurrency? Teaching you about where crypto is, telling you how to buy crypto. So literally, while in the states they're trying to get you not to buy crypto and telling you to sell your coins, they're actually teaching you how to buy cryptocurrency, what a wallet is, how to create a wallet. So for me, like. You know, I, I get it. I understand. You know, if at first glance you see an NFT, you see a trunk, you see an SBT, you see a price tag of forty thousand dollars. Like fuck this, I get it. It's okay. Like I totally understand that side of things. But again, some people also think Ferraris and Lamborghinis are stupid because a Toyota Corolla can get you to point A to point B for the same for, with the same purpose, and it costs you way less. An oil change, I think. An oil change in the Bugatti is sixty thousand dollars. That's stupid, right? Or Bugatti itself, one and a half million dollars. That's so dumb. But hey, some people like that, right? As a matter of fact, I actually fuck with that. So it's just different point of views and whatnot. But of course, you know, Web3, you know, thinks that they're one target market and it's normal. I think we'll grow. When there's more than 5,000 active traders in the space, uh, I think people will, will, will understand the broader, the bigger picture here. But for now, you know, I, I had a blast. Shout out to them. It was a lot of fun. I'm curious to see what happens this week. I think the drop is this week anyway. So uh, we'll see uh, what happens there. Anyways. Anyways, anyways, that's a good quick little recap of the last two weeks. We're back, though. We're so, 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 so back. And without further ado, I think we should get right into it. Daily Market Report. Brought to you by Rug Radio. what's the word? Yeah, so there's a lot happening. Um, macro is very, 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 very strong. Wow. At the moment so equities are up once again they're up 0.2 percent the s&p 500 we're up 0.6 percent on the nasdaq so we're in the context of this year we're, we're basically at price discovery we're at, we're at new year today highs on both indexes and equities um and things just keep going higher interest rates sold off a little bit but we're at 4.6 percent on two year 3.77 percent on 10 year um tomorrow we get inflation we get cpi um, the expectation for that number is 4.1%. That's versus 4.9% last month. So that would be a big drop if we hit that number. And then core inflation is 5.3 versus 5.5. So that's going to be a big number that we get tomorrow. I think if we are in line or if we beat, then the markets can see a like, continued sustained rally here, um, which is why I think they're, they're trading so well at the moment. Um, and on Wednesday, you have the second day and the conclusion of the FOMC. So We'll find out if they're going to hike rates or keep rates the same um, this month and any further communication on, on what they're planning for the rest of the year. But um, despite all that strength in macro, we're obviously not seeing it in crypto. Crypto had a, a bit of a crash over the weekend. We're down to 25.8K on Bitcoin. We're down to 1730 on ETH. 
some of the prices on these altcoins, like altcoins just got destroyed. Bit of a crash. Yeah. I mean, I just read out some levels. Like I, I was having a look again this morning and it's just like fucking. Please, please do. Ugh. Yeah. Apecoin is at 2.2. They got to two. That's at all time lows. Solana's at 15. I swear I looked the other day that was at 20. It's now at 15. Arbitrum is below one. Um, Blur's at 32 cents. Actually, Blur seems to have held up better than a lot of the, the other stuff. Matic, Matic's at 64 cents. Like, remember that was at like 1.2, 1.3 recently. Um, uh, yeah, all this stuff across my screen. Like, altcoins really, really got decimated. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I guess it's a hangover Ish, from the SP. Could you bring stuff. up like a year to date chart there for everything? If you do to, if you do customize, like, if you do customize, I think it says year to date. On these, top right, top right, top right. Uh, customize. Let's do. Holy shit, that's a lot of customization. Uh, year to date. Yeah. There you go. So now, year to date is doesn't show. Bitcoin uh, dominance is at year to date highs. Forty nine percent. Forty nine point two percent. Where's year to date? Apply changes. Yeah. There you go. Year to date. So look at those year to date now. So Ether and Bitcoin are both up fifty percent. So year to date. XRP is still up, but everything else is now heading towards unch yeah. or slightly lower, which is crazy wow. given everything started like wow. up so much, right? I don't want to say yeah. that I said this would happen, but... Uh... <laughs> uh, no, I said if we rally, Bitcoin dominance will drop. We sell off, Bitcoin dominance will rise, and we sold off. We did not rally. We uh, it's now we're now in a very very dominant market for Bitcoin and ETH. Um, both of those are up, I think, this time versus last year. Um, I think Bitcoin dominance and ETH, ETH plus Bitcoin dominance is up something like fifteen to twenty percent over the last over the last twelve months now, which which doesn't sound like a big figure, but what that actually shows is that altcoins are down a lot, um, and this is. Is this surprising? I don't. I don't really think so. Like, um, I think. I think it's something that could even continue. Um, if I'm honest, like, I, I you know, I, I don't think you should be catching fallen knives and altcoins. Um, we've said about this at like at the start. Like, if you think about buying altcoins right now, there are, there are a few different narratives. The number one is a, another L1. And that was the narrative of like 2021, really, and some of 2022, but it kind of faded away. That that story has not been that strong because no other L1, apart from Solana for a time, has managed to really capture any form of, of significant market share for a sustained period. Um, DeFi has kind of migrated back to L2s now, and um, it's just been a difficult story. Then you have L2s, um, which is like Matic, Arbitrum, um optimism which are okay stories in terms of uses but the tokens themselves are still up for debate like mm. they're not really necessary anymore like matic is is moving away from using it as the um the gas uh currency anymore so you can't the rewards only come from um from from staking, but they haven't got their ZK um, ZKVM up yet, so it's 
or at least with any different um, uh, like value, uh, total locked value in, in it right now. And then the others are kind of DAO tokens of which they all, and they're all competing against each other right now. It's kind of what L1s were in 2021. So a lot of, a lot of the tokens are being used to promote building on the actual chain. That's kind of also what happened with Matic, right? Like a ton of tokens were given to people to kind of basically do your project on Matic. And that's the same as what's about to happen with Arbitrum. It's the same as what's happening in Optimism. So the issue for often them is like bad tokenomics, um, unsure use cases of the of the of the token given Ethereum is seemingly still the gas token across them all. Um and and I guess the the, the number three is is just a um um yeah concentration of ownership so you have foundations owning huge amounts uh, across across a lot of these um so i think it's a difficult one for some of those l2 stories and the third the third group of tokens is basically a bunch of dao tokens it's a it's a bunch of dao tokens across a bunch of different things um most of that list which isn't there will have is some form of a dao and that those stories are difficult because it's still difficult to work out how the treasury is going to be given back to token holders. And many of these have like billion dollar market caps. So it's, it's, it's a difficult one. Um, so I think altcoins, Kobe, I don't know if you've been seeing, but the timeline's all over Kobe at the moment, because what do you say? He's basically kind of half bowing out. It felt like, well, that's the way his, his commentary has been posting, but he said, he, he said something like, Less than 10 tokens will reach an out-the-high again versus Bitcoin and ETH. I think he said that a couple of days ago. I don't even know if he's deleted it now. but I don't see it. Or maybe it was a reply or something. Yeah. It, I kind of agree with that. I, I think altcoins are a very, very difficult thing to, to, to uh, pin value on versus Bitcoin and ETH. Um, as Ovi said, particularly during a bear market, even during a bull market. Oh, there. It's here. This is it, right? Yeah. This is it. That's the tweet. It's a reply. So that's the tweet, right? Name an altcoin. Someone said, name an altcoin that will never reach ATH again. I'll start. <laughs> and then we're talking about Hex. And then uh, and then I hope it's not. And there's naming, like someone was like naming all the like stable and like algorithmic ones. And then Kobe said some of them won't even exist soon, to which uh, someone said, wait to have this market, 900% of garbage. And Kobe said, 10 tokens is less than 1% of tokens genius i don't get that oh here only about 10 tokens that currently exist will ever reach ATH again versus ether btc is what um is what he said i i kind of agree with that i, I don't think that's actually a shocking statement but i think it's it's something to remind yourself of during these during these moments but old coins just like NFTs, right? Well, I think the, the big thing we haven't really realized is that when, the, when another bull market comes, are the new participants just going to come up with their own narratives? That often happens, right? Like if, if in 2021, you were expecting your 2018 bags to moon, like Mooncats and CryptoKitties, it didn't happen. In fact, they just created their own narratives. You got Bored Apes out of it. You got a bunch of other projects out of it. Um, and I think people are aware that if you haven't made it in the bull, like really made it, um, that, that sometimes these things just fade into obscurity. Um, and 
I think I think that's a very fair statement. So I, I can still see Bitcoin and ETH dominance going up here, if I'm honest. Um, particularly in this, what we saw last week with what happened with, <clears throat> there's there's also like some specific FUD over the last week, which is US effectively calling a lot of different coin securities and that could have far reaching ramifications. But even then, even without that, Bitcoin and ETH dominance have been rising for a while. This was just kind of a another shot across shot to uh to old coins yeah i mean it's uh my takeaway from all this was like wow like the whole altcoin market got nuked like 20 30 percent some stuff is really gone down to a point where you're like people are like capitulating out of him and then you have ethereum and bitcoin that i mean yeah like what's ethat guys like 17 1736 <laughs> and again like you know it's not it's not the end of the world here, right? What was it down? Two and a half, three percent on the back of everything down 20, 20 something ish. But yeah, like five, five or six percent, I think. Five, five or six percent. So it's uh, it's really not like seven day. I'm looking like what, eighteen sixty to seventeen thirty six. Seven day chart here on Coin Market Cap. You know. So quick question for you guys. Um, you're saying that you know the the um, you're saying that the um, the macros are in incredible like you've only said positive things over the last couple of weeks about macros mando you mentioned the six week high uh back to back uh you know uh you know positive macros ovi what you just said is super bullish uh any reason for like this just not correlating to i'm not talking about the rest of the market but specifically ethan bitcoin or or is it really because like of all the crackdowns recently and kind of the attack on crypto that's been going on it's just that, like, it's just the, it, like, Gary Gensler has sort of fucked it for all of us, um, at least in the short run. I don't think he'll have any impact in the, in the long run or the medium run. But, um, uh, yeah, it's just it's just changed the sentiment. And I think the markets are liquid. Like, there's not a ton of volume going through, especially over the weekend. There's not a lot, a lot going through. And, look, I think, um, I don't know why we moved lower. I feel like someone shorted it. But you, you remember, you can move crypto markets if you put on enough size right and i think the timing of that drop over the weekend just feels very targeted and total market cap of crypto is a trillion dollars total market cap of amazon is more than a trillion dollars total market cap of apple is more than a trillion dollars total market cap of nvidia was was is trillion, um, trillion dollars, right? so just think like someone can come in and short it very aggressively and send it lower mm. in a narrative that is very fragile over a weekend when volumes are very low and eventually they'll cover and it'll go back up again. And that, that happens a lot in crypto. It's not market manipulation. Everyone's like, oh my God, the market's manipulated. Like, it's not market manipulation. It's just someone who's trading, taking a bet. Mm-hmm. And, and, le- and it's kind of like a my size is your size kind of thing. Like it's a, it's a <laughs> who's anyone, does anyone want to take me on in the size? And the answer is if, if no one wants to take you on, then your trade is right. Your, your, your yeah. bet is right. And it goes lower and you can cover. And, and that's right. exactly what is happening right now. Um, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Like, I think there was, there was a fund people mentioned had liquidated, but I think, um, I think, yeah, maybe it's an easy market to push around. Um, even, even at the good times, um, it's, I do, I do think, I mean, Obi says we were really, really strong last week. We were actually lower for the first time in the NASDAQ for six weeks. So last week we did close lower on the NASDAQ. So it wasn't, it wasn't like it was a super, it wasn't like we went higher last week. It's just the pullback that people were expecting was 
was far was eaten up straight away like we dipped and then it was immediately bought back up so even though like net net it was i thought i thought we were higher last week like the it, stocks rallied all of last week no 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 hmm. uh, six we, we, like it was, we're up, we were very marginally we're lower uh, we're up 10 percent on the month yeah we had a very strong month but it was it was i mean i'll show you now but um like last week was the first week of june yeah look look at this where did you send it we can share a screen i'll just put it into the into the yeah i mean that doesn't help us also i'm being pinged on that but um but you know i think i think maybe mando you had mentioned it but it was during the shows that were at the conference so it was a little noisy and everything but on um to robin hood delisting tokens doesn't help right like like things like that just in terms of like the this is trading view right the whole like branding of it all so hold on here you go yeah so like i think oh, we had oh, oh. There you go. that was cool six weeks of positive on the nasdaq and then one week negative oh wow okay um but this pullback was just immediately bought up um yeah so I, it, it feels like one of those ones where, where we're going to end. I think that's why people are seeing it so bullish because it was such a, yeah. Oh God. No, here, I got you. Let me boot you out there. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's actually, yeah, it's, so here it is. So shout out Megan, she sent me all this stuff. She said Robinhood holds $1.3 billion in alts. 583 million of this may be held in ADA, Matic, and Seoul. And on top of that, you remember the headline that they delisted Solana, Cardano, and Polygon after the SEC suit uh, that named them as securities. So these are things that just don't help at all, right, for the state of the market. So it's just like it was like getting hammered from every level. Kind of happy we had an event last week, Mando, because it would have been grim. <laughs> being at home and just having to like follow. I don't know how y'all felt, how y'all felt being home, like for people that are home and listening to the the show right now. But God damn, must have been terrible being on Twitter for that time. <laughs> we were on Twitter, well, but I think it started on Friday night, maybe Saturday Saturday morning. I remember before waking up that, and being like, before, yeah, oh, that yeah. was a move. Um, yeah, when I got Ovi's text, like, so Ovi went missing for a week, and then I got a text from Ovi on the group chat saying, What was it? <laughs> Ovi's like, Marcus wrecked. <laughs> on Saturday, markets wrecked. And I'm like, oh no, because I hadn't been looking at the market for a week then. I'm like, is it that bad? I don't want to look. He goes, it's grim. Then obviously proceeds to giving me the market cap Pepe. Um, <laughs> fucker. And then, <laughs> no, but it was, uh, it, it was, it was a grim day, but especially for also whoever had some positions on there, that's definitely, uh, that wasn't looking great. But again, like, you know, they pulled out tweets from founders, CEOs, and and team members of these uh, people working in this in, for these you know brands that have tokens. Just talking about pure price action again goes back to what we've been saying for weeks now. You're not supposed to kind of say, "Yo, like I'm gonna bring my token up," or he's not really supposed to talk about the price of your token. Uh, you know, on on in public when you launch the token. Uh, we kind of been saying that for a minute. It was so funny. Remember that one time we were talking about the price of Matic and, and Ryan Fu was like, fuck you guys. And he just left space. <laughs> oh, know? fuck. Yeah, remember, yeah. I do remember remember that. that one time. But you see, like, that's someone who understands. Like, he was like, all right, boys, you DJs, I got to leave. And then he left. <laughs> like, so, you know, there's a reason why. Like, <laughs> so, so are you still sharing your screen? You want me to show? Because it shows your screen here at the bottom, at the bottom of the studio. Maybe you want to on present. But anyways, all right. 
What about NFTs? I need to catch up on NFTs. Let's get into that part. Who is the man, macro daddy of the land? Can you dig it? Yeah, DM everyone. Um, look, NFTs had been rising for most of last week. Um, it felt like board apes were going to go above 60. It felt like CryptoPunks were heading towards 55. You had some high sales across the board in in some generative art stuff. It just it felt good. That has that has reversed. It feels like over the last few days, ever since that sell off happened in altcoins, um, I think most most of the major collections are now down. Um, board apes are now heading back towards uh, forty five. Punks are at fifty. Um, and if you look at the seven day uh, changes for Oak, I think um, here boom. There you go. We're gonna. Today's the big day for 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 the DGEN's, uh changes. Oh. So watch out. Oh. Not today. It's going live just after the show. So uh, is today the big day. It is indeed. Um, <sighs> so, but you can see that like at the start of this week, they, those were all up. Now it's, it looks like we're heading lower across everything. Azuki's still holding up the best, obviously. But remember that was at seventeen and a half. Big, quite a big move in pudgy penguins. Now back down to four. Milady's back down. To 2.6 again, these are quite moves. One that uh, Obi mentioned to me is the Kang Pai Pandas as well. Like, I don't really understand why that 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 seems to have been because I felt like Icebags is pushing be a, a lot. Thing. It's got to be a thing. exactly right. He's put, marketing he's pushing the casino, I think, in the last in, <laughs> in the last uh, hey, the is 0.5. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. whoa. Yeah. I don't know if that was 0.5. Even Chimper is at 0.4. Even M- MF is holding this pump. Yeah. MF is there was a pump into 6.9. Um, everyone thought there was something coming out, or like it was, I don't, I, don't, I, I kind of missed what was happening of there. Course. But, I, but um, I there was a pump. And then what else you got? I mean, you got D are still above 9 ETH, though. That's they've just been steady grind, steadily, steadily up. Um, I know they had a few launches last week. I sadly have not had the time to do my DDN. Or look into it so i'll look into it probably later today to talk about it maybe later this week but mm. um i know they, they they had some some cool they had this really cool thing which i want to see how we can implement it so i got to text kevin about it like where automatically like if you're a holder the twitter account can like follow you and then like if if you you're not holding anymore it unfollows you and stuff and i think there's little things like that like they build these little bits of tech but that's probably because of kevin's background you know he was instacart before he's pretty pretty chat when it comes to the tech side yeah, um, cool stuff. Um, it was a big last few weeks again for the Fidanza. Uh There was another big sale this morning, I believe. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to mention that it feels like the one thing that stayed strong has been has been Gen. I mean, you, it's a massive week for Gen Art. This is the yeah. Grails drop this week. Not drop. I'm sorry, but the Grails sale. Which fuck. I'll, yeah. I'll message Michael. I'm, I've been going back and forth with Michael, and he did ask me to send him dates because he's so busy. But he, he, they're they're getting they're getting a lot of inquiries about the Grails. I mean, the goose. What what's the predictions, boys? They're I think they're projecting what uh three two point eight three. I think it's three. I think the hammer is three. Is that what they're projecting? Is that what's is that what's uh I'm trying to find where's the question is question is is there anyone else who wants to buy it other than the person who presumably has has said they would pay three? And I don't know the answer to that, but I met a few people in in Lisbon that are looking to acquire NFTs from the sale, but not the goose, but like they're like the person, for example, bought your twin funk uh from the is yeah. you know he bought Harold bought it from like yeah, yeah Harold yeah right? 
great guy, by the way. But um, it's just um, I met also a few people that told me they're just looking like they're, you know, like a lot of people are just really paying attention to this. Like a lot of the eyes mm. are on this right now. I mean, the goose here it is. So um, one of the panels I moderated actually over there was with Jacqueline Levy of, of Sotheby's and she was presenting everything there. But I'm trying to see. There it is. So there it is. The ringers. This is the the ringer, right? That's the kind of the grail ringer. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's saying two to three mils. It's pretty big uh, gap. There's that's what they're that's what they're saying here. What do you uh, any bets here? Any project? Any uh? I think any, it goes high. We want to make a call here. Let's 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 see. Previously sold for five point eight, but pure bull market. And that's three AC, just like dumping millions into everything at the top. Um, what are we thinking here? What Ovi Mando? What what do you guys think? I think it will go for a hammer price of three. Hammer price three, fair. Amanda, what do you think? I think. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine going, I'll, I'll go high. I'll go three and a half. Damn, I was going to say less than both of you guys. So I'll go hammer price two, five. Two, two, I'll, go, I'll go hammer price two, eight. I'll go hammer price two, eight. And let's see. I, I have a hard time. Because um, you need, well, all it takes is two DJs, right? To battle for something to just go insane. Yeah. Uh, Definitely curious though. That's I a mean, hard this- one though. That's a hard one. It's tough. Well, I mean, it's two DJs, man. It's like hundred grand or like three. Yeah, minutes. yeah. I mean, that too. That too. That too. That too. Right. But yeah. I don't know. It's just you're you're still right. All it all it takes are two guys who want to buy it and who have the money to buy it. So, um, I just yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. Yeah, I'll message Michael. See if you can come quickly tomorrow and come chat with us and. and uh, and uh, and uh, and talk about um, all of this. So, anyways, so that's happened this week. That's pretty much what most people have their eyes on in the space. Uh, but besides that, like the rest of the market is just not, you know, performing really well. And that's, you know, this. I'm looking at everything else. Um, you know, like you said, cats half. Like Moonbird's still just two E's. Um, clones are two three. Uh, Utes and D gods are pretty strong. I mean, Utes were have been above two for a minute, just in two area. Um, toodles still just two. I mean, squiggles and gen art just doing well overall, but that's uh, that's really about it. Of course, like the meme land eco because they have this, like, it's all that's also something I really need to do my research on. I haven't had time, but I'm seeing it all over my timeline. There's people talking about the launch of the meme meme coin. I'll, I'll message Ray, um, Nangyak CEO. Just honestly, just come and chat with us this week. Oh, you're muted, and I think, or at least I can hear you. Oh, I think it's on your mic. It's not your real. It's not the your stream yard that's muted. Things your mic itself. Uh oh. Yeah, you're definitely muted. maybe like your your roadcaster hit a button or something. But yeah, that's a that's really it market wise. Um, and then I'm not too sure what else is new, but it's just like that's really what's been uh, going on. But definitely gonna be more in the know and be able to catch up. Uh, this week now that we're uh, we're totally back and of course just ordinals just keep on <laughs> just keep on keeping on. Another fun thing that happened this week, I saw actually in my email because I used the I used the exchange, uh, but Kraken. I don't know if you saw that uh, Ovi. Uh, they have like a like a, they're announced their like NFT marketplace. Um, oh, cool. So yeah, I saw that. But again, it's like all these big news that in the past would send the market just haywire. Just doesn't seem to be moving the market so much. I think it's um, it was a thread guy tweet about something that's like Lamella Ball doing this collaboration with Puma and and you know who's 
Lamella Ball is like a very famous like basketball player. It's very popular here, and like, and he did a collab with the Gutter Gang, which in the past like something like this would be moving a needle like crazy. Whereas like in this market, it's just not really moving like the needle this much. So it's interesting to um, it's interesting to observe that um, to say the least. Man, are you back with us? You tell me. Yeah, no, you're back. You're so back. I don't know what um, you're saying, but. Yeah, like I think it's a it's a strange market right now. I've had a little bit, yeah. a little bit soggy. Um, I think people are still wary. Like what Ovi said there is that I do think we still look vulnerable. Crypto still looks vulnerable to a yeah. sell off in stocks here. Um, there's obviously Wednesday or is it tomorrow? which day is inflation? Is it tomorrow or Wednesday? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think crypto's. A, I kind of feel like crypto might be a buy here, but. Um, I think uh, I think I'm probably like 1400 is level for Ether me when I start buying that back. But I think it's interesting here. Like you look, you're never gonna be able to get the right the bottom of it. It's gonna you're probably gonna buy it and it'll probably go lower and then just buy some more on GCA. But I think it's interesting here. I think with everything else that's happened, the underperformance is very very interesting, and we all know how quickly sentiment can change. Yeah, I agree. I think I think um, uh, I think we look vulnerable, but at the same time. I think you're meant to buy that dip, whatever whatever happens. Like it, it's, uh, it was the timeline was kind of hilarious on Saturday because it was like I think I saw people mentioning like three digit ETH that was like <laughs> it literally went down three percent and already you're like the timeline assumes it's all over. Um, it's so funny. It is, it is. It is. It is insane. Actually, it made me even more bullish on just being so deep on ETH because the ETH barely is barely nudging at all this like attack. Like those it has been underperforming versus Bitcoin, so that's something yeah. to be aware of. Like, um, yeah. like the ETH BTC ratio has gone, which had been performing really well for a while, is now close to kind of the, the lows that it's been for the last three months. I would say so. It, so ever since that, the news about Gensler came out, then things haven't haven't been looking as rosy for certain for ETH. Oh. Keyboard monkey is unbearable, bro. <laughs> he, he's in he, he thrives. He is. Lo- that, this is. He's his, short on the wrong stuff. He's short, like, he his, short ETH. He be short on all the alts. His. He is unbearable. Like, I, I'm inviting him on the show for like Thursday or Friday. <laughs> I keep on telling him to short alts, and he keeps on. He keeps on being like, "No, nah, I'm not short." Ethan Bitcoin up fifty percent here today. You guys have Trader SZ on, right? On Wednesday, so it's gonna be a good yeah. show. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be a good show on on uh, on. But it's just his. I to keep KB. I I hate you, bro. I I <laughs> I, I love that guy so much. But I just on Saturday, I was like, dude, like, why is my feed feeding me this guy's tweets like on the worst day? Like, just stop. I was on my now. I put. Like, because for you was showing me keyboard, but also following, because I obviously follow him, was showing me keyboard. So it's like, I can't escape. It was just in my face all day long. <laughs> oh my gosh. What's he saying today? I don't know what he's saying. He's probably saying he's right and how everything's going to zero. Everything's going to zero. Uh, he's only, he only shows up though when things are bad. You know what I mean? Like, we're, and then, oh my God, it's going to be funny. No, he, he, he is, he is chilling the show on Wednesday. It's good. So he's promoting the show for Wednesday. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited to come on the center of that one. Uh, and it's going to be a great one. But anyways, let's talk about, let's, talk, let's move into artists of the day. But quickly, 
quickly, quickly, quickly, I want to give a big, 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 big thank you uh, to uh, Lawrence Fuller, uh, artist last week. I know it was rough before because the show um, was tough. Like we didn't host every day and it was live, but we had a live interview with Lawrence, which was fun. Uh, his poetry is incredible. His, I think his craft is just really, really nice. And definitely check it out. So his stuff sold out. Uh, it was an edition of 25, which was super special. Uh, and, and I thought the piece was actually beautiful. And, and I know we played it last week, so I'm, I'm not going to play it again for y'all. But if you go to rug.fm forward slash stubs, um, you're able to like see uh, all the pieces there If you because there's a link to the open sea. And, and by the way, it's populating so nicely there. Um, so Lawrence's piece, which was here in Tulip Farmer, sold out as edition of 25 uh love to see that it's really really cool piece you should definitely go check it out and uh, it was uh, super super fun i'm gonna get to today's artist but quickly i do want to give the code for today's stuff today's code for the stuff is i love fair <laughs> no really where to God. Isaac's having a blast with this one today. Shout okay, out to those guys want the love. They want all the they need the love. It's like, you know, they they I feel like, you know, you saw we saw them in person over there. I feel like they wanted a little more love. You know, shout out to the fair team. Shout out to the fair team. They're our tech partners for stubs, you know, for making this happen with and for us, uh, you know, every time and and always being um always being on top of things uh, with us. And we appreciate that. Um <laughs> so I love fairs, of course. If you go to rug.fm forward slash stubs s-t-u-b-s every single morning we give uh, you all a free nft called the stub for owning any of the dgens access pass or any of the rug radio uh, nfts and so you can get uh, a free nft and then at the end of each week from friday to sunday 11 59 pacific standard time you have two and a half days to burn your stubs um x amount of stubs depends on the artist so we let the artists decide like the total amount and the stubs and whatnot some artists leave it open-ended and some artists want limited editions like lawrence wanted for 25 and we want to respect that of course uh, so it's really first come first serve basis and then you get to burn the stubs for a piece uh, of art and so far i mean the artist lineup has been insane. It's been dope. I saw the artist lineup for the rest of the summer. It's really exciting. And actually, I'm excited to learn more about an artist that I'm just about to get to know uh, for the first time now. Uh, but I saw a lot of excitement on the timeline when I saw the tag. And I'm seeing uh, someone on the on the on the on the uh, on the YouTube uh, saying, "Oh yeah, it's clown vibe, it's a clown vibe time." So I'm super excited about this, which is fun. It's gotten us to learn about so many new artists every Monday, and to just you know highlight new artists at the beginning of each week is awesome. So clown vamp, let's talk to you now, clown vamp GM GM. How you doing? Hey hey, how are you? I just learned by the way so much about sports. You guys know all sorts of things. <laughs> yeah, sorry. This today's show is pretty sport heavy. Uh, <laughs> is football soccer or soccer football? I always forget. Yeah, so, it's or, one direction. It's the same thing, right? Yeah. Well, for us, football is soccer. <laughs> you know. We, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I'm French. The boys are Brits, so you know, for us, you know, <laughs> for us, we we really, you know, on this stage at least, uh, football is the one that's played with your feet. Uh, the mm-hmm. other one is okay. uh, hand egg. Um, Good. I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. I'm oh, learning. Awesome. I take it from. I think I take you from the U.S. of A. I am from the U.S. of A. I live in New York, um, and so uh, and yeah, and super excited to chat with you all today. And uh, GMGM. Listen, it's a pleasure to have you. I'm being told through the through the through the YouTube stream right now that gas is about three dollars. Finally, we're back. 
we're so back or, or not. I mean, I think I think the market was a little better when gas was $40 again to mint a stub and we couldn't mint them out. But hey, make sure that these are the best times to stack up on your stubs and they're totally free. All you have to do is pay gas for being a holder. So rug.fm forward slash stubs. The code is I love fair. I-L-O-V-E-F-A-I-R. Shout out to fair XYZ. Clown vamp. Let's get right into it. I'm on the YouTube. I will be sharing all things about your art, about you on your timeline. I'll be following along as you're talking to share all things about you because I'm curious. I want to learn more as well myself. But let's start from the beginning. Who is Clown Vamp? Tell me more. So so um, I was born a vampire and uh, oh. didn't want to eat people. And so I uh, ran off to join the circus. Um <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a complicated life, a lot of contradictions. Um, and then in, in the other world I live in, I am an AI artist. I do, I use AI to create new forms of storytelling. And so primarily on Tezos. And uh, so for all our Tezos people out there, hey, hey. And uh, a couple of my projects, one is a project called The Truth, which is a story of a impressionist painter who witnesses an alien invasion and paints scenes of the alien invasion. And then I also have a choose your own adventure murder mystery called detective Jack that people seem to like. That is a sort of 1960s film noir story um, where each week you get dropped two NFTs, you keep one, you burn the other one. And based on which one you kept, you get the next week's NFTs. Um, And then, you know, working on, I have a big solo show in New York next week on Wednesday. Wow, the Oculus. Sick. The Oculus, yeah, and it's uh, it's an immersive, it's an immersive story. So it's a physical story. You kind of have to be there to experience the actual story. Um, it's your oh, video. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I Hit got your video. video. Hit the audio. Hit it. Hit it. Do sure. It. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. Fifty-two seconds. Let me play this so people can understand what's going on here. Let me play. Yeah. So, so basically the idea is like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gay. And like, I think it's interesting that like the art and museums is like very representative of just like whatever was okay at the time. Mm-hmm. And in the 1800s, you know, it's like you had to be pretty straight and uh, at least in your art. And one of the cool things about AI is you take all of our history, you put it in this magic crazy box and I can, you know, spin dials and do all sorts of crazy shit and reimagine history. And so the idea was, um, what if there was this impressionist painter whose art was lost to history because he was, you know, too too queer for the time? And so, you know, the the exhibit is a fake retrospective of a fake artist um, that doesn't actually exist. Although a bunch of people have asked if he exists, he doesn't actually exist. It's all it's all a story. Um, 
and basically showing like what the art history timeline would have looked like if these voices were actually like allowed to be shown at the time. And so the entire experience is sort of the story, it's the narrative, but each piece also comes with a description and an inscription that was found, quote unquote, on the back of the painting. And so it's meant to be this sort of like new form of story where you're experiencing it. Uh, you know, it's very modern in one sense, it's AI, but it's also very old in another sense. So it's meant to fuck with your head a little bit. Oh, I like that. So that'll be June 21st. I mean, if you're in New York, definitely check it out. Uh, it's be sick at the Oculus. That's that's been Chester Charles, the Lost Grandmaster. Your first ever solo show. I mean, let me ask first you that. First ever solo show. <laughs> I love that. Congratulations. That's really impressive. And, 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 and you know, I know it's a big deal. Um, I mean, let me ask you again. When did, when did you first start, like, you know, playing with AI? Of course, now it's becoming very popular and you know, it's it's not easy, actually. I got the chance to really uh, interview Claire Silver more about this in, in Portugal, for a matter of fact. So I, we got a little deeper into it. But when did you start really, uh, you know, experimenting with AI? And, and if it's recent, like, what were you doing before? Like, what kind of art uh, would you say you were, like, yeah. creating? Yeah, so I, uh, it, I grew up, I was, like, a pop-punk emo kid. And grew up being, like, the like local band photographer. Mm. And thought I wanted to be that guy. And spent like six years just like doing that thing. And then um, eventually decided, you know, maybe that's not for me. And sort of started less visual art behind and started doing a bunch of stuff in tech um, and ultimately also in writing and doing a bunch of different things in the writing world, creative writing, nonfiction writing. And about a little over a year ago, I got into the mid-journey beta back when it was like a closed beta. Um and I like was started to you know create stuff, and I instantly went. I love alt history. I love alt timelines. So I instantly started creating impressionist UFOs. Like that's where my head went. And um, I was just like, my brain had this whole like sort of out of body experience where like I was so used to seeing these sort of impressionist motifs with a certain certain set of subjects. And once you start putting aliens in there and UFOs in there, it like opened up this whole new dimension of sort of thought where I just got really obsessed. And so I started creating this sort of narrative world, um, which I started minting about a year ago on Tezos, which is this story about this, this painter who witnesses this alien invasion and, um, and, you know, sort of is able to show that to us. And so, you know, for me, AI has always been this way to sort of capture my like multiple loves, which is like NFTs, writing, storytelling, and sort of my like, you know, childhood and teenage love of visual arts that I like felt like I had to give up, but it really sort of re-enabled me to like explore all that. And so for me, AI has always you know, been this thing that's just like, I don't know, it's like very empowering and enabling and allowing me to do stuff that, you know, maybe I, I wouldn't have been able to, you know, spend 20 years learning how to paint, you know? Mm. No, I love that. Love the colors you use too. A lot of pink. Thanks. Into, a lot of pink. A lot of pink. I'm on your object right now on the timeline. I'm listen, you 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 know it. You, Kate, this is Tezo Central over here with Kate. We already know the theme. You know, y'all don't even need to tell us you you meant on Tezos. We already know it. <laughs> right, Mando? Oh yeah. Mando knows that's a KD special. Dude, KD, we better be getting a bag from Tezos Foundation at this stage. I'm just kidding. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm totally playing. No, I love it. But it is, there's a reason, right? Like y'all out there, you really, it's like pure art, right? And this is really, like Stubbs is nothing but a pure like art project. 
which is super fun. Um, and, and it's been great. We've had so many in, in, interesting conversations, actually, to say the least, every Monday when we do these. So, so tell me a little more. So did you, wh- how, when did you get into the space and like, did you start off on Tezos or were you more no, like, no, no. tell so us more I, about um, that. My story was, I was, uh, you know, just sort of fucking around on the internet. And one of my friends told me about NBA Top Shot. And I'm like, Classic. I do not like sports, but I was <laughs> like, that sounds really cool. And so this was like December, 2020, January, 21 and got really into it. And, um, you know, sort of, you know, sold the top of top shot, which is, you know, makes you feel real confident. And, um, then during PFP summer, I was just like, I was the, the flipper with a lot of ours, um, and burned out, sold everything. And, um, basically started a new, you know, account just to focus on collecting art. And, you know, I started collecting art, um, primarily on Tezos. And Tezos had a lot of the sort of early diffusion-based AI models. So not the GAN stuff, but some of these newer, you know, mid-journey beta type things and, you know, the Dolly betas. Um, And I saw it and I was like, what the hell is that? You know, that's crazy. And so I sort of like talked my way into getting in there um, and instantly just was like, this was maybe like May of last year. Instantly was just like, well, this changes everything. Um, and I switched my collecting to, you know, 95% collecting AI art and, you know, creating AI art. Um, and, you know, for me, the thing with AI that's really interesting is it's a sort of philosophical revolution where it's, you know, you're commoditizing aesthetics, you're dramatically increasing access. You're saying that anyone with shitty internet connection can create things that are incredibly visually, you know, attractive and coherent. Um, and like, what does that world look like? And it's very different. I think, I think it's a world where it's all about storytelling and world building and narrative building. And how do you, you know, create universes for people to explore? And I think about it much more as like AI enables sort of the next iteration generation of sort of comic books where, you know, I, I'm sort of exploring some ideas right now around, you know, community story building where, you know, can you sort of have everyone be prompting within the same universe and stories? And so for me, AI represents this like, really existential change to how we think about creativity where everyone can create and that destroys everything, but also builds everything back up from the ground. And that's really exciting and fun. And You know, I like fucking with people's heads. So <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, I definitely can't, I, I get, I, I feel that. Um, <laughs> but um, so what are your, what are some of your, your like favorite tools or like, or, or thoughts on, you know, obviously the rapid rise of, of AI and, especially with regards to art right now? Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, I use everything. So <laughs> I use Midjourney, I use Stable Diffusion, I use custom models, I use non-custom models, I use Dolly for in-painting, I use you know, Photoshop generative fill. Um, so I think about it, it's like synthesizers, right? Like you have all these different synths basically that do different things and make different sounds and you can use them in whatever ways you want. Um, you know, for me, the thing is... I think what it's doing is really changing like where the focus area is where like it's becoming more and more conceptual. Mm. And a lot of the AI art that I'm most excited about, most interested in is like really sort of conceptual and makes you think and makes you, it's not just pretty um, pictures and all of that kind of stuff. Um, And, you know, I think we're entering this weird sort of tween age with AI where now AI is getting so perfect that's also losing some of its character or charm. 
and like that's also really interesting and how do we how do we create things that are you know distinctly ai do they even need to be distinctly ai um i kind of think the answer is like all the above like some people are going to use ai to create like hyper realistic things some people are going to use ai to create like weird glitchy like you've probably seen like rupees like life in west america which is like glitchy ai scenes of the west um and i think that's going to be really cool and people are going to create interactive video games but you know most of the stuff i'm most interested in is how to use ai to do things outside of just the frame right so how do you you know build can you build art that's also interactive can you build art that you know responds to the environment around you can you build art that engages the viewer in like new ways like i don't want it just to be like hey i create a picture faster um to me that's kind of boring but um you know <laughs> huh i like that it's interesting this whole I, i'm just going through your feed and uh kind of like looking about the story of chester charles um, by the way victoria is kind of a fun one so on the open sea feed i trained a model on um images of of, of images of lip filler and um oh, and uh nice. basically i i took all these images off instagram of like overdone lip filler because i think it's one of these things where like we become so used to um we become so used to certain visuals but then when you put it in an impressionist painting you're like oh shit that's kind of weird right like and so it was like for me this cool example of how you can use ai to actually go like back and forwards in time where i'm taking this like visual artifact from today i'm training a model on it and then i can use that model to create i could create ai image i could create images of lip filler from the impressionist era from the renaissance era from any era and so, like, to me, that's where, that's sort of the area I like to play around with and fuck with is, like, how do I, like, mess with your head? <laughs> so. Huh. I mean, I, I, I'm showing the Victoria piece right there. <laughs> it's, it's funny to see, like, the lip fillers with the old school kind of, kind of, and the old school, like, imagery, right? Totally. It, it, it actually, like, kind of fucks you up, like, from, like, a visual perspective because, like, you're not, like, no photos we've ever seen or movies or visual representations or of the past show any of you know what I mean it's just like I don't know <laughs> totally and, you know a lot of my art is about making you think about like what's real right and like whether that's like with the show I'm doing next week in New York where it's like I'm trying to have you think about you know you walk into a museum and you see a sort of representation of, of art and it's real right but it also represents a lot of things that are like left unsaid and so when you walk in the show, like you, you'll sort of feel to some degree, like each piece has a museum label, you know, like we're going to have a very museum-y brochure. You're going to, there's a part of you that's going to be like, wait, is this, is this real? And like, that's the feeling that I, I like to play with and like, and sort of like stick with is like, what is real? Why is it real? Like, should it have been sort of what, what happened or is there maybe you know, a different reality that could have happened and it would that have been a better reality. And so I just like to play with these ideas of reality because we, we take stuff so seriously and so much of life is a little, uh, a little more haphazard than we want to admit, I think. Huh. I like that. I, I really like your point of view. It's pretty fun. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I like you, Farouk. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. No, it's just fun. It's just like, I'm kind of, 
I, I just like to dig in. I, I'm like going through all your shit, <laughs> whether it's on Tez or uh, whether it's on Foundation or One of Ones or I don't know interviews and you know everything. Um, like the Rolling Hills of Sushi that I'm looking at here. <laughs> this was great. I mean, let's talk about. Oh, wow, this is cool. The Rolling Hill of Sushi. <laughs> I had a yeah, so that was during Beth's series, that Raw series was yeah. during last summer. There was this debate about whether or not Raw AI was art. And every time someone said Raw uh, AI, I was just giggling because I was like, what does that fucking mean? Like, you're talking like turnips, like raw vegetables, <laughs> raw meat. And so that first piece in the series is just a giant pile of red raw meat and actually sinister gates revenge sevenfold randomly bought it no uh, way which i think it's just so <laughs> random and like we've now become friends but he's like really into ai art and i was yeah. like my like pop punk you know inner child was of like course. what is happening um but yeah it's just like i don't know i just like i kind of like to mess with people um i think it's i think it's we take we take stuff so seriously and mm-hmm. ai is this like crazy you know, this crazy machine that can do all sorts of wild, weird things. So. I'm a big fan of that Victoria piece. The more I look at it, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I mean, let's talk about, you know, let's talk about what you got for us over here, what you got for our yeah. audience, what you got for rug radio, for DJs, you know, for, for everybody that, that, that listens. And by the way, like the, the people are, are, are loving this, um, on the, on the YouTube. I love to see your comments and definitely make sure you're following clown vamp clown, like C L O W N vamp V A M P. Uh, you know, born a vampire turned clown, but <laughs> but definitely uh, make sure you check him out and, and and follow him. And especially if you're in New York, I saw the tickets were sold out for your show really quick. That's fire, by the way. Not sold out yet. Not sold out yet. They will sell out. So go, you know, definitely go grab a ticket. Sick. Okay, so we'll talk about where to grab a ticket at the end of this. Um, and uh, and really that this sounds really fun. Uh, but I want to talk about the piece that you're minting with us here called the men of the dance and there is a great uh, description uh, on it that people can go uh, can people can go and check out if they want it's on rug.fm forward slash stubs there's still 50 stubs left by the way 50 of them minted out super quick love to see that kind of love low gas prices uh, I love fair <laughs> is the code talk to about the men of the dance talk to us about this piece that we'll be minting from Friday yeah so the um, the show one of the cool things about the show is that it's a fake career retrospective so like the the, sh- the it's in chronological order and from the beginning to the end of the show it's both a narrative about the artist chester mm. it's an aesthetic narrative right the because artists careers they their styles change over time and it's both a reflection of their inner self but also reacting to external stimulus and um and so it's sort of been playing with this idea of a fake career retrospective you know, as he gets older there's different things that sort of capture his eye um, and his style is going to change too. And so this was a piece. It's a it's a bonus scene. So you know this is just just for you guys. Um, but this is a piece from uh, later in his life when he sort of has developed a more modern color palette, a more modern taste. He fell in love with the dancer, um, and so a lot of his paintings later in life sort of focus on um, you know male dancers. And it's sort of a bit of a nod to like Edgar Degas and all of his female dancers. It's sort of a bit of a, a play on that. Um, and, you know, it's also one of his most colorful pieces. It's pink. You know, I like pink. Um, and so, you know, in the show, this won't be in the show next week, but this is sort of like part of this idea of like, you know, the character um, who I'm, you know, creating, the idea is that he has a whole life, he has a whole set of work that was discovered. 
and your part of that's being shown in the show next week. This is another piece that was found. And so to that end, you know, there's also an inscription that was found on the back of the painting. There's a, there's the text of the inscription on the metadata here and also the museum label. So you can sort of see, you know, if this was shown in a museum, you know, museum labels are sort of a standard form, you know, date, location, format, um, form, dead date, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and so this is meant to play with this idea of like, you know, this is a, you know, was this piece really found? Uh, is this a real piece of art? Was this a real artist? Um, and just really, I, I want you to, you know, a couple people in the feed who I think of as really smart were like, wait, so are the, are the original physicals part of the show? And I was like, yes, that's like, that's the, that's the head fuck I want to get to. So <laughs> a little psyop. Yeah. Um, we can't use this word anymore in Twitter, by the way, uh, but I'm playing with you. Uh, but it's uh, okay. So this is really, okay. Okay, cool. So it, I really love, like I'm zoomed in on the, on the description, the description, the feeling, what awe, what dastardly awe. What does dastardly mean? Google that. I just learned yeah. a new word. It means wicked and cruel. Bastardly? Bastard? Yeah. That's that, how you say it? Bastardly? Yep. Love that. Dastardly. 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 I think you should read the description. It'll probably come out even nicer in fucking, in what's your British accent. The feeling, what awe, what dastardly awe, how might they climb? And my accent got better, huh? Uh, Dude, but yeah. how might they soar? <laughs> soar. Uh, perhaps there isn't anything left. Anything left for them to climb, for they have reached heights unstoppable. I really like how you do, like Chester Charles, be you know, born eighteen fifty-five, then nineteen forty-nine, and the Men of the Dead. So you really just reinvented this artist that lived totally. at that time and that is not afraid of putting out art that is, you know, about subject that back then were quite illegal <laughs> right totally totally <laughs> and like if you look at <laughs> if you look at you know if you look at queer art from the 1800s especially like the most sort of like forward stuff is like huh. you know really you know a lot of times it'd be like you know male forms of workers or like a farm hand or something and like some of the pieces from the show are like you know it's like men kissing and just these things that are not like you would never have seen in like an 1800s aesthetic. No. It sort of changed in the early 1900s. Um, but in the 1800s, you just would not have seen that. And so like our brains aren't used to some of these images. So even though they're very familiar aesthetic styles, like our brains are like, what? <laughs> like, and the fact that we're not used to that, to me, that is like a big part of the point I'm making is that like we have this view of what is you know history and what's normal. And like it's so warped by so cool. you know, the past. So. I really like it, it really clicked. And that's why I love doing these interviews. It really clicked. Like just the way you see things and like just the way you pro I love how everybody just approaches their own art differently. We've gotten to talk to so many artists in the space at this stage in the last three years and it's just awesome. This is something I haven't heard of yet. And I think it's really it's everything just so cool about it. And it's just like you've put yourself in a different position. And it is true, it is a mind fuck because you'd never see art like that from that time in the museum. Because she's just not art like that. Didn't exist. Yeah, <laughs> it was hidden away. It was never shown. Totally. Right. Like I even googled it. Like when you put it, like I said I just googled like queer art from eighteen hundreds, and there's not much. Like even on Google, like it's just, there's nothing really. Like and especially yeah, you'll, you'll find the same about. ten images. Yeah, you'll find the same ten images. Right, of the like queer British man art. bathing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one, and then you have like, but see, there's nothing really. Like it's just like that one kissing, but that's it's mostly women for what it's worth. It's not men. Totally. Um, 
So it's it's actually really interesting uh, the point of view that that you're bringing to the space here. Well, clown, I mean, I'm really excited for you. Um, I I think it's really cool. Um, I'm 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 hyped for now. I'm super excited for your show. I'm excited to see the photos on the timeline from from their your, your show. Just quickly, where can people um tune in to that? Where can people get their tickets? Because I'm sure there's a lot of New Yorkers listening to us. Um, yeah, yeah. So if you go to my pin, the thread has a link to the R2P. Um, it's at the Oculus World Trade. The show's curated by Super Rare. It's uh, Transient's doing all the tech, Sick. and um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun night. There's gonna be a lot of like. There's gonna be if you go in person. There's you know some physical, not a goodie bag, but you know you get some tchotchkes, uh, So you should definitely go. <laughs> and um, and yeah, no thanks for thanks for having me on, and thanks for you know teaching me a little bit about uh, football. I feel <laughs> I'm gonna go play some sports bets. That was financial advice, right? No, okay, no, 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 no. Noted. Recorded. Recorded. Ah! Thank you. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> hey, this is cool. Make sure you check it out, everybody. This was Clown Vamp, ladies and gentlemen. Clown Vamp, thank you so much. We'll talk Friday about the bird and this and that. You're always welcome to come back and. Say what's up uh, one more time on Friday if you want. We'll be in touch with you uh, in the back end. The code again for today was I love fair, I L O V E F A I R. Definitely check it out and go chester.splashdad.com if you want to uh, go to the event IRL in New York. Super fun. Art ex- digital art exhibits are always sick. So definitely try to go to as many as you can, whether you know an artist or not. Like, Go, please, everybody. It makes you even more bullish on the space, seeing art displayed like massively and everything, what can be done. That's some. That was my main takeaway from Lisbon. Was like seeing the art like that. I was like, whoa! Like talking about it with Alien Quinn on the stage, but and, and also, I mean, Ovi, visiting your piece multiple times. I walked Bandana Street so many times uh, on Bond Street, and it was still out there. Just so cool. Like I posted on my Instagram. Check it out. I, there was. I think I posted Twitter too, but I'll repost it if not. But super cool. Anyways, so with that, I mean, the boys gotta go because they've got a launch right now. So you guys go launch your shit. Super excited for what DJ's got coming up. And stay tuned because we do have a new title sponsor for the show. It's been a minute, but we have a great title sponsor that we will be revealing in a few hours as well. So starting tomorrow, excited to collaborate with that team and that company, that brand in general. Super, super hyped about it. So you'll be uh, seeing all about it very soon. And with that, with that, with that, we'll see you tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for another episode of GM Web 3 on Rug Radio. We are so back. Let's go. And it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. GM, GM. On this beautiful day, a good morning to Web3 with Marocco, Sepp, and Mando. Tune in live at 1030.